You are listening to Church Talk with Isaac. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening uh, from wherever and whenever you're listening. Uh, I am Isaac Watson. I am, as you all know, the host of Church Talk with Isaac. And I just want to welcome you and thank you all for tuning in to today's episode. Um, I always want to make sure that I acknowledge my supporters. I acknowledge those who have subscribed. I acknowledge those who have left your comments and left your reviews. It means so much to me. And with that being said, with that in mind, I want to just take a moment as I always do. I want to pause. I want you to pause. And I want you, if you can, stop doing whatever you're doing and just take about 20 seconds or so and go ahead and just click um, on your, uh, whether your computer or on your phone, your device. And I want you to, uh, to rate Church Talk with Isaac. Uh, it helps, it helps me. It helps other listeners who are looking for podcasts like this. And I also want you to take the time, if you can, and I want you to leave a review. There's some of you that say, I've been meaning to leave a review, but I have not gotten around to it. Listen, let today be that day. Stop whatever you're doing and leave a quick review, one or two sentences, however long you want it to be. And let me know that Church Talk with Isaac has been a benefit, a blessing, a challenge and a reward to you. All right. Um, so let's take a moment and do that. And um, while you're doing that, uh, I just want to just kind of move forward in that because you can always pause it and, uh, and and do that and then continue on with this. If you if you have to, uh, I want to move on to my topic. This is, I believe, the 35th episode of Church Talk with Isaac. I encourage you go back and listen to the other 34 episodes. They will be a benefit, a blessing to you. All right. I want to pick up this episode with the theme sin redefined. I want to talk about sin today. The reason why I want to talk about sin today is because I believe there are many people today who have a wrong idea idea of what sin is and what sin is not. And because of that, it leads people into bondage. It leads people into legalism. It leads people uh, into condemnation. It leads people into fear driven uh, Christianity. Uh, and uh, I believe that there's some things that I could present to you today that can give you, if not revelation, a different perspective on sin. What if I told you and I opened this up and what if I told you that for some of you, sin is not what you thought it was? What if I told you that much of some of what we have been taught, whether as children or growing up uh, or even in our adulthood, our conversion, whatever the case may be. What if I told you that there's some things that we've been taught that quite honestly, although it's been made to keep us in line, it's been made to keep us. Uh, on a righteous path, uh, it actually leads us into legalism and it keeps us in bondage. I want to talk about this and I'm only going to I'm going to I'm going to take uh, I don't want to take a whole lot of time doing it. But I want to just give you another thought, another picture, another perspective. If we're going to deal with sin, we have to first um, lay it out for you. I want to lay it out for you so that it all makes sense. You cannot address sin. You cannot talk about sin without talking about the Bible. All right. Um, we have to talk about the Bible because it is within what we consider the Bible um, where sin is actually defined. Sin is redefined. Sin is explained. And even the journey and processes of people who are considered or were considered sinners, we see the blessings and consequences of their choices. We have to have an understanding of the Bible. Now, I want to open up in this. 
Some people have a misunderstanding of the purpose of the Bible. I've heard it said that the Bible is an acronym in my childhood. I've heard it said that the Bible is an acronym. And some of you have heard this as well, where the Bible uh, stands for basic instructions before leaving earth. Now, I've heard that. I know I ain't the only one. That was something that was really big, probably in the 80s and 90s, that people were saying this is what the Bible is, because to be quite honest, they had no uh, no theological (laughs) Uh, <laughs> no theological um, definition of, of really what the Bible or the canon is. So they just broke it down and said this is basic instructions before leaving Earth. I want to say this. That's cool and all, but it's not the most accurate defining definition of the Bible. It doesn't really give a true um, indication of its importance, its relevancy or its context. All right. So I want to say this. The Bible, if I was to define the Bible, I would define the Bible as this. God's covenant book for God's covenant people. As simple as that. The Bible is God's covenant book for God's covenant people. The Old Testament, what would be considered the Torah. All right. The 39 books of the old, which includes the law, the history, the poetry and Psalms and prophecy from Genesis to Malachi. That is considered the Torah. All right. But now we know that the Torah can be the first five books or whatever, but the entirety of it would be considered the Torah. All right. The Torah was God's covenant, God's covenant book for God's covenant people, Israel. The New Testament, the new covenant is God's covenant book for God's covenant people, the church. All right. We're going to deal with this. We're going to talk about it. All right. Now, the thing is, when we when we deal with what we when we deal with the Old Testament, we have to deal with not only is it God's covenant book for God's covenant people, but the Bible is broken down into two main themes, the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. What we would consider the Old Testament. Testament is just a Greek, uh, excuse me, a Latin derivative of the word covenant. All right. So when we talk about Old Testament, uh, Old Testament and Old Covenant can be interchangeable. So when we deal with the Old Covenant, uh, uh, excuse me, when we deal with the Bible, the Bible is broken down into two main themes, the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. All right. Um, It's not the Old Covenant, the New Covenant and the Book of Revelation. The Book of Revelation is actually a part of the New Covenant gospel. All right. That's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day. Sometimes we separate revelation from the rest of the Bible. And uh, even theologically, when you when you study biblical studies, you will see it categorized where it's the old covenant, the new, uh, the Old Testament, the New Testament, and then revelation as categorized as prophecy. And it's almost like it's completely separate. No, from from uh, uh, from from Matthew to Revelation, all of it unfolds the story of the new covenant. All right. Now, uh, the next thing we have to understand is sin. All right. Let's deal with sin. Uh, What sin is defined as under under any any law. So let's say this sin itself is the violation of the laws of God. All right. Sin is the transgression of the law of God. All right. If you look at uh, if you look at first John chapter three. Verses four and five, it says, whoever commits sin transgresses also the law for sin is the transgression of the law. All right. Now, that's one of the definitions of sin. Let's look at a more in-depth definition. The word sin in in the Greek comes from the word harmatia. All right. Harmatia literally means failure. It means to miss the mark. It means to have no share of. All right. Now, to have no share of, it literally means that. 
uh, sin is described as you missing out on the inheritance because you have missed the mark. Because you've missed the mark, you now have no no share in um, the benefits of hitting the mark. All right. Now, if if sin is to miss the mark or to fail to hit the mark uh, or to or to miss the target, we have to ask ourselves, what is the target? What is the mark? The mark itself that you are intended to hit, in a sense, is righteousness. I'm just going I'm trying to break down the whole conversation about sin. All right. Follow me. The mark that that you're called to hit is righteousness. When you miss the mark of righteousness, that is when you are considered a sinner or someone who has sinned. All right. I had to um, when you talk about sin, you have to talk about righteousness and you have to talk about the law. All of them are connected. All right. Now, the law, this is why they're connected, because the law you are under determines your righteousness. All right, let me let me make this more simple for you, because some of y'all think I'm talking in a foreign language. All right. When I say the law that you're under determines your righteousness or your or you being in right and right standing um, with God or uh, with whatever law that you're a part of. Um, let me give you an example. If you are driving in Chicago, all right, in Chicago on certain highways, the speed limit is 55 miles per hour. OK, if you're driving and you're driving 55 miles per hour on the expressway, that is the law. So if you find yourself driving too fast or too slow, you can become susceptible to a ticket. A ticket is an indication or should at least be an indication that you have probably broken the law. If if the speed limit is 55 miles per hour on the law that you, excuse me, on the road that you're driving on and you find yourself going at 90 miles per hour on this expressway because you got to get to work. You got to get to your destination, whatever the case may be. The police has a legal right to get behind you, to run your plates, to pull you over. And uh, if you ask them, why are you pulling me over? They can say because you have broken broken the law you've broken the law by not abiding by the speed limit now that's the law here in chicago on certain roads in in other states in in the united states the speed limit may not be 55 the speed limit may be 70 miles per hour so if you take that same car and you put it on another road excuse me i gave you the example of what 90 miles per hour that's fast but let's say you're on another road where the speed limit is 90 miles per hour and you take that same car that was riding on 55 miles per hour that got you a ticket because you were going 90 and you put it on the road where you're allowed to go 90 miles per hour it's completely legal you are not breaking the law you are abiding by the law are you listening to me so what am i saying that 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 sin is determined by the law you are under sin is determined your righteousness is determined by the law you are under righteousness is being faithful to the covenant you are a part of being faithful to the covenant um you made with uh with god is what is considered being righteous. Let me give you another example. If you are married as a husband, being faithful to the covenant you made with your wife is what makes you a righteous husband. If you are a woman and you're married to a man, being faithful to the covenant that you made with your husband makes you a righteous wife. Righteousness means right standing. It means to be standing on the right side of God. So when you are 
uh, declared righteous by God. You are literally being declared righteous because you have abided by the laws of God. Now, this is very important because one of the biggest misconceptions in the church. Now, this is where it's going to get controversial. All right. Everything I said so far is absolutely fine. It's a OK to most people. This is where it's going to get controversial. All right. Um, there's a misconception that we are still under the Ten Commandments. I'm going to take a moment here. There's a misconception for one that there are only Ten Commandments. There's a misconception that to be righteous is to keep the ten, the big ten. There's a big misconception concerning that. All right. If you do certain things, um, then you good in God's eyes. All right. Um, have no other God before me. You're good in God's eyes. Thou shalt not uh, commit adultery. You're good in God's eyes. You shall not uh, covet another man's wife. You shall not covet another man's uh, property. Uh, you shall keep the Sabbath. If you keep these 10, you're good. You're A-OK with God. You're considered a righteous person or a good person. I want to let you all know this. That under the old covenant, um, the law that Moses put in place, you were considered righteous if you were able to keep the commandments. But let me say this. There were not only 10 commandments. There were actually 613 commandments, which means and and let me say this. If you broke one of those 613. It was the same as breaking all of the 613. So um, one of those things uh, is if you're married to a woman, if she's on her cycle, uh, uh, you're supposed to stay away from her for uh, for so many days. If you do not, you would be considered unclean as well. You would have broken the law. You would have violated the law. All right. There's certain things uh, if you if you put on different types of of of, uh, of of fabrics and you mix the fabrics, you would have been in violation of the law. If you if you ate certain types of meat that were considered unclean animals or or, or poultry or fish or whatever, you would be considered um a violator of the law. You'll be considered unclean. There's some things that you can do. Um, it's just not about keeping the 10. You would have to have kept all 613 of these that, that applied to you, of course. If you didn't have any slaves, of course, there's certain things that wouldn't apply to you. If you were a man, there are certain things that wouldn't apply to you. If you were a woman, there's certain things of the 613 that wouldn't apply to you. If you did not go out to war, there'll be certain things that wouldn't apply to you. But ultimately, you would have to keep all of the ones that apply to you. In order to be considered righteous. Jesus came to fulfill the law. What are you saying, Isaac? Some say, uh, well, Jesus never said he came to destroy it. That's right. Jesus didn't say he came to destroy it. Jesus said, as a matter of fact, he said, I did not come to destroy the law. I came to fulfill the law. Now, now, the thing is, when we're dealing with destroying the law and fulfilling the law, this is the thing. He didn't come to. He, Jesus did not come to annihilate it. He did not come to destroy it. What, when it says that he came to fulfill it, that literally means that Jesus came to satisfy it. It was the life of Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus, um, um, the example of Jesus that actually satisfied all of the commandments that were required of us. So now that he satisfied it through his through his work, which we consider the finished work, we now do not have to satisfy those commandments. Jesus fulfilled it for us and created a new covenant. 
which means this. There is a new standard, a new law that's created. And because there's a new law and new standards that are created, what was considered sin under the old has now become redefined. What do you mean? Sin is only sin. When it violates the law that you are under. If a new law is created, that means a whole new set of rules have also been created. Now, some of y'all are asking me, you may be thinking, well, Isaac, are you saying that um, the, the 10 don't apply to us anymore? Isaac, are you saying that uh, uh, that I can do whatever I want? No, I want y'all to hear me. You're, you are no longer under the strict requirements or the curses of the law of Moses. Under the law of Moses, if you follow these things, you're going to be blessed. If you don't, don't follow them, you're going to be cursed. Now, what we have to look at is this. If I'm not under the law, does that mean I can still do whatever I want? Does anything go? No. All right. Romans chapter 13, verse 8 says, Oh, no one, anyone except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there are any other commandments are all summed up in the saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is a fulfillment of the law. Now, I need you all to understand that under the new covenant, you are no longer governed by rules. You are now governed by love. Love is the new law. What does this mean? This means this. We have to understand that being a believer, being in God doesn't mean that love is a part of who you are. Those who are in Christ, we have to understand that God is in you. All right. When you get saved, now God, Christ is in your heart. Not only is Christ in your heart, you are in God. All right. We're baptized into his body now. All right. And this is what we have to understand. God is love. Notice what I say. God is love. I didn't say that God has love. I said that God is love. So now what we have to look at is we have to look at sin because now that we understand that we're under a new covenant, we have to now understand that we now have to understand that sin is not no longer measured by what's on a piece of paper, what's what's on a tablet of stone sin is now measured by the covenant you have made with god in your heart through jesus christ all right okay let me say this when you made jesus your lord you accepted his forgiveness jesus changed the relationship you had with the law of moses and he made a new covenant with you through his blood all right so now <laughs> Through the power of his blood, believe it or not, he's made you a sinless creature. Some of y'all, and I know some people say we're all sinners saved by grace. Well, I don't believe that. I believe that we all were sinners. But those who are in Christ have become a new creation. You were not designed for sin. Sin was not designed for you. Sin is the transgression of the law of God. And now the law of God is the love of God. It's the new covenant, uh, which is in the blood of Jesus Christ. It is. We are now under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. We're under the law of liberty. We are under um, the law of Jesus Christ and the law of love. So now sin has changed. It's no longer about do's and don'ts. It's about how you treat people. 
It's about your posture towards God. It's about having love in your heart. And I'm not talking about defining love how you want to define it. I'm talking about understanding love from the context of God's love. Love is not defined as being nice to everybody. It's not defined as as um, being okay uh, um, with people uh, um, uh, uh, being wrong and living wrongly. All right. Because Jesus said that God is a father who chastises those he loves. So there are different components of love that we have to understand. That's a whole nother episode where we have to define what love is because we can't truly understand whether or not we transgress law if we don't understand what love is, which is the new law. All right. So there's a lot of things that we have to really look at, because to be quite honest, we've been taught to obey rules. And by obeying rules, what we don't understand is that that actually does not make you want to do things less that are wrong. It actually want it actually awakens sin in your members. So Paul says that 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 it awakens sin in your members and it makes you want to do the things that you should not want to do. That's what the law does. Someone tell you, someone tell your baby, don't touch the stove. What they going to want to do? Touch the stove. Why? Because you now brought the stove to their awareness. What the law does is it brings sin to your awareness. It brings the things that should be out of sight to your sight. So now what you what has been brought to your sight has now brought curiosity to you. It is it's it's a nature in you that wants what you cannot have. Why? Because that's what that's what um, that's what the law was was designed to do. However, Jesus came and fulfilled the law. So now, believe it or not, you don't have to live in sin. You can actually live a life that is absent of sin. You can actually live a life where you don't have to find yourself falling subject to the same things. Let me tell you, in my life, I've struggled a lot with sin. And the reason why I did because I didn't understand God's grace. I didn't understand God's love. I didn't understand that I'm not under the old covenant. I believe that, hey, if I keep these laws, I'm a good person. If I keep these commandments, I'm a good person. And I didn't necessarily have the law in my heart. I had the law on paper. And I tried to call it and I tried to, to I tried to follow a contract instead of understanding God's covenant with me. That was something that he placed in my heart. I wasn't living by that. I was living by the rules. I was living by the paper. And as long as I kept what was on the paper, then I was OK. And let me tell you, under the new covenant, that's not how that works. There's a whole nother thing that I can talk about regarding how Jesus had to come and, and he had to he had to fully uh, destroy that system. That kept them bound and all of that. I'm not going to go fully into that by destroying, um, you know, um, um, Jerusalem and the, the war that broke out in Jerusalem that ultimately led to the destruction of this of, of, of the temple in Jerusalem, where all of the um, old covenant systems were in place. He Those things had to be done away with because people were being bound. They were staying bound to the law. They were staying bound to Moses because because although the new covenant had come, the old way was still in place. And it's hard to leave the old. It's hard to embrace the new when you're still holding on to the old. It's hard to put new wine into old wineskin. It's impossible to put new wine into old wineskin. So that's just something that they had to do that had to fulfill the promises of God that not one stone will be left upon another that's a whole nother conversation we're not going to go fully into that but I want to tell you that sin has been redefined now some of y'all probably left you more confused than I <laughs> than I gave you insight but maybe I have to I don't know maybe I'll follow up or maybe I will add to this to try to bring more clarity but I just wanted to uh 
and 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 I'm gonna have to do some future posts where we have and some future videos now. Excuse me, some future uh, episodes now where we actually deal with the law and we deal with the new covenant because I opened up a can of worms now. Uh, so we have to deal with the old and the new, and we have to deal with the idea that God actually wants us. Uh, Jesus designed for the church to fully leave the old, to fully embrace the new. Whole nother conversation. All right. But I hope this blessed you. I hope this brought uh, another perspective to you. And um, uh, <laughs> yeah. So until next time, you all be blessed. And I will talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Church Talk with Isaac. If you enjoy our content and benefit from this podcast, do me a favor and subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends, family, and colleagues. I'm also on all social media platforms and would love to connect with you. You can also partner with us by visiting IsaacWatsonMinistries.com and clicking Donate. Your partnership helps us to get the message of Jesus through Isaac Watson Ministries to the world. Talk to you soon.